Welcome to This Guy's Sick. I am Sam Valentine and this week we've got a very special episode. I've got Rab Toons on for this episode. Uh, warning, we had a few technical difficulties to start, so we, we had to actually restart the conversation at one point, so you're getting the restarted conversation due to the fact that there were some technical difficulties. As I'm sure everyone in the entire world knows, uh, there's like a lockdown going on internet services around the globe are kind of strained because that's what everyone is using and when you're having to record things via skype or via other means online sometimes things like mic settings don't work as well as they would or or um you know one person might sound a bit louder than the other and little bits like that so i apologize for that there's not too much i can do about it at this stage just because it's down to the recording and uh down to the hard recording you know rather than anything that is editable or really that adjustable so there's a few little issues like that but for that side i really enjoyed the episode you're about to listen to i enjoyed having a chat with uh with rab tunes uh he, he's a cool guy i've been talking to him for about a year so i'm kind of already friendly with him you know he's, he's got great content and um has been putting it out for a long time he's been very dedicated to what he does so if you don't know who he is um honestly check him out because his cartoons there's there's enough of them on youtube and they're really well made and you know he has his own unique style and they're a lot of fun uh you know and there's something you could binge as well because you know there's enough of them and if you are looking for something to binge and why not choose you know an independent um animator such as him so that's really just a little opening here. I hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, we we enjoyed it. He's going to come back for another one uh, later down the line, much like with you know the Night Sky Prince. He's going to come back on uh, later down the line as well. I've got a few other really cool guests lined up, and I'm working on some other guests who I just want to talk to. And I've reached out to and said, "Hey, uh, how do you feel about coming on?" Uh, and you know. Uh, I've had responses. They've not said yes or no yet, so I'm still going back and forth with some of these other guests. But they're really cool guests. So, um, yeah, that, that's we got some great stuff coming up. We got some more square posting episodes coming up. Uh, some more little mini episodes if any news or anything happens where I can just jump on, or John or or anyone can jump on and just give you like a 20 minute little, uh, almost like you would with a YouTube video, you know, but it's just a podcast, you just listen to it, it's 20 minutes of some news that's happened in the week, uh, like John did with the Kingdom Hearts uh, TV show news and how he looked at it and he looked at the source and was like, this doesn't appear to be true, and if it is true, this source doesn't know what they're talking about, so that we've got lots more stuff like that coming up, also whoever it was who bought, had bought the t-shirt, someone bought a podcast t-shirt, um, which... I wasn't expecting. Thank you for that. Uh, please let me know when you've bought it, uh, when it's arrived, and uh, I'll give you a shout out. I'll make sure to throw you know a picture of you in your lovely this guy sick t-shirt up on the the page so everyone can see you in it. Um, that was fantastic, and also a great shout out to uh, Scott on Patreon. Uh, thanks for supporting us. You've been a fucking real legend, and uh, just makes my day. That to see people that do want to kind of support us and they want to buy a t-shirt, they want to support on Patreon. So if you want to do any of that, it's patreon.com uh, forward slash this guy's sick. And then we got Ko-Fi this guy's sick as well, which is ko-fi 
patreon.com forward slash this guy's sick those are two ways you can support us to just donate it like you know fuck it i've got ten dollars to spare i've got two dollars to spare i've got one dollar to spend you just chuck it out there and it lands it lands it lands to us it allows us to upgrade and do other little things and um and it's awesome when people do that it's awesome when people join the patreon it's awesome when a ko-fi comes in or when a t-shirt is bought so again thank you very much for that you guys are fucking awesome i really really appreciate all the support that i get from you you know the 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 page on facebook hit seven thousand um about a week ago uh instagram is now 500 um followers or over 500 now you know and i just really really enjoy the support i get from you guys you're you're all fucking awesome uh i interact with a lot of you especially on the facebook page uh, and i know off the top of my head about a hundred of you i know like i speak to all the time that I'm, that I'm always going back and forth with um and honestly like that is the best thing that could happen for anyone who's creating some kind of content is to be able to get to know the people that are listening to it re- interact with the people that enjoy it and that means you know the, the world to me but also not just as this guy sick because you know i'm this guy sick that's me but also the square posting stuff um you know that that group just hit seven thousand, and we're seeing you know we've got so much more stuff coming up there's tournaments there's all sorts of things so we're we're so happy as a group whether it be myself this guy sick whether it be the guys that square posting whether it be the cast members that come on this guy sick everyone is like stoked that this is happening and that things are growing and that we're just jumping up in speed you know our our listener count is now just like trebled uh, over the last like four or five episodes and i'm getting to see that people are listening more and that we've jumped you know and and we've been going for a year and a half now and when we first started obviously everyone starts at zero but the episodes were getting maybe 10 listens the first couple of episodes and then we jumped up and we're getting 100 listens within like a month and we're like okay we got 100 people tuning in uh and then you know the next time we hit this like 500 mark with 500 people were listening and then we hit you know the um next you know a thousand people listening and i and i was like whoa this is this is a lot of people listening to what we're doing here now we're like at two and a half thousand three thousand listeners an episode and to me it's it's not mind-boggling it's just fantastic like honestly thank you for all the support um i really really hope you enjoy this episode with rab tunes uh, we both really enjoyed it again like i said it's going to come on again so enjoy the episode sorry about any uh, sound issues that might come up but we're trying our best things are moving forward like we've done a test so we, we've been doing tests all week with different platforms uh, for recording and for well for meeting online to record so we've been doing loads and loads of like tests with things like that ones that you pay for ones that you you use apps that can be used different types of headsets that work for different apps so we've been doing all these tests all these little uh, things in the background and i just want to make everyone aware of it like you know we are moving that forward because unfortunately right now i can't have people sit in the studio with me and use the studio equipment so you know and that was a big investment and we can't use it at the moment so that's a little bit of a bummer but i was dedicated to getting content out dedicated to making sure everyone had content from us and that we could continue to provide uh and it's going well in all honesty there's been hiccups it's been a learning curve but again thanks for listening you guys are fucking awesome uh please keep supporting please keep sharing please keep liking please keep commenting sending in questions and whatever else like you guys you guys are rad cheers
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of This Guy Are Sick. As always, I am Sam Valentine, and I am being joined by the notorious R.A.B. himself, Rab Tunes. Hello, everyone. So, uh, what I like to do normally to break things in is uh, talk a little bit about mental health, and um, especially in the, the lockdown scenario. So, uh, I just wanted to say, have you got any tips or anything that's been getting you through, uh, you know, the the situation we're in just keeping you sane keeping you balanced um so i would just recommend living uh sort of going day to day and um one thing to think about is we're all in the same boat you know so there's not really a lot one person can do so just stay positive and hopefully this will end soon yeah it's good words i mean we just got to get through it together you know it's a global thing it's not just one place or one person it's 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 everywhere and everyone and um yeah just taking it day by day and not trying to get too carried away or overwhelmed it's, it's really solid advice um so obviously you are uh, an animator so for those who don't know so just uh, just just tell us who you are and what you do quickly i mean i know but <laughs> some people might not. uh so i run an animation channel called Raptoons. uh we've had the channel for about 10 or so ish years i can't remember exactly when we started it but um yeah so i parody mainly resident evil and final fantasy final fantasy is obviously what has achieved a lot of uh, my notoriety um they're just silly little animations you know not nothing groundbreaking but they're (laughs) they take a lot longer to make than they look if that makes any sense yeah i mean to be honest right so i i actually really enjoy them so before I got acquainted with you, I'd seen everything at that point already that you'd put out. Um, for years, you would just watch them as and when your videos would go up. And I actually really like your animation style. Um, so one thing that I always wondered is, you know, obviously, if you've been around for a while now, about 10 years, with that sort of thing, how did you get started um, in, in this? Because it's, it seems like a strange thing to just uh, jump straight into the way you have. Uh, so... We've had quite an evolution, our channel. So what we actually started out as was uh, an abridged channel. So we used to abridge a lesser-known anime called Tenchi Muyo. Um, And we got to about episode 10 of that. And we we were just sort of getting a bit, um, you know, disenchanted. We wanted to explore other things. We saw YouTube as a sort of a potential, as a platform to sort of move on to other things. And um, I was in college. I was studying um graphic design at the time i was alone most of the time because i was in a dormitory on my own uh i'm quite a sort of an isolated person anyway so i you know i have trouble socializing so i most often most nights i was in my uh, room uh just sort of uh, tinkering away on my computer and i just had the idea to um make an animation i thought well what how do i make an animation so at the time uh, all I had on me was Sony Vegas and Adobe Photoshop, and I didn't actually have a tablet either, so I got a bit creative. I used my mouse to start drawing li- these little uh, models. Uh, I created a base template, which is well outdated now, but at the time it was um, sort of the standard for what, that, what I was going to sell for this. Um, uh, I actually started off with uh, a Jack Free animation. I don't know if you're familiar with the Jack and Daxter series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I made a parody of a certain scene in Jack Free. It was a, it's such a silly thing to parody because, you know, 
to me it was a cut scene that stood out in the way it was laid out and I always wanted to poke fun in it in my own way so I yeah. got to you know making it into an animation like doing like very little script I, at the time I had a crappy little microphone and I recorded some dialogue and I threw started uh, drawing uh, the models in Photoshop put them in Sony Vegas started tweening them moving them around and through a lot of trial and error I had a very shoddy first ever animation and that was what started off at the time the uh, Raz and Bulldom uh, channel which um, Raz and Bulldom was the channel name at the time in which we then thought that was a bit of a mouthful so we then shortened that to Raptoons because it's sort of you know quite catchy and encapsulated uh, both our names because um, I do have an anime uh, partner on the channel who I work used to work with quite a lot but uh, sadly we've drifted apart over the years and now it's sort of mainly down to me but we are sort of looking to you know come back together start working together again so he, he was a lot of the brains behind the uh, resident evil animations uh, i'm more of the final fantasy side of things yeah no, no i mean it, it's um it's interesting because with this podcast uh, myself i started with uh, a group of guys um, to you know just my friends that we'd sit around and record and some of them didn't last some of them lasted one episode and then were like i don't have time or you know they'd find a way out of it or they didn't think it was worth it or they we just drifted apart um some of them still appear now you know every now and then and obviously we're on lockdown so they can't join me in the studio to chat so so it's sort of yeah you know uh, um it's sort of gone a bit that way so i understand that sometimes when you do start a project um it takes um takes a lot of effort and a lot of time to to do any kind of project whether it just be podcasting recording even just making art and i, I can't imagine what goes into sourcing sourcing voice actors um you know it must just be a whole load of work for you mm, definitely so um when we started it was literally just me and my friend doing the voices and as we sort of gained a little bit of a following and some people found our channel and we managed to start making connections we came across we happened across these people who also do voice acting for fun and were happy to lend us their voices and that's a lot of what um i do for the voice talent is a lot of people sort of uh you know lending their talent to me to sort of help me out and i sort of um you know i try and do my best to sort of boost what boost their um image and yeah, so, so I've built up a lot of friend, like friends in the voice acting community through this. Um, I, I did actually have a bit of a boost from doing the uh, Tenchi Abridged for, beforehand because um, I worked with quite a lot of female voice actresses before that because it's a ha- one of those harem animes and we, we, had, yeah. we were adamant that we had to have female voice actresses. We didn't want to do the cringy thing where it's, where it's the men voicing the women. Cause I, you didn't want to sound like... Um... Uh, you know, Morecambe and Wise or something when they do Yeah, exactly. Hello, it's, you know, you, you didn't <laughs> want to do that. No, I, 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 unless you really have a funny voice or you have a good sort of character, I find men voicing women, it, it's very hit and miss for me. That's just, that's just me. It might be different for someone else, but that's always been our mantra. No, no, it's a, it's a solid um, uh, way to look at it. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm a, I'm aware of of Tenchi as well. I used to watch the the absolute shit out of it on Cartoon Network um, in probably the late '90s, early 2000s. It used to get a block of anime. It was Dragon Ball, 
Gundam Wing and Tenchi in a in a row. Yeah, that's exactly where I we discovered it as well. Yeah, no, I'm actually quite a fan of it because, um, you know, for for you know Harima anime, it's not something I would look for now, but back in the day, I really really enjoyed that show. Yeah, it was it it was different. It stood out to me. That's what that's mainly what's given it lasting power in my mind when I think of anime. Yeah, I mean, it's been so long since I've watched it, um, but I named a cat. We had a cat, and uh, I'm going to butcher the name now because it's been so long, but I named it Ryoki. I think I said that right. Yeah, uh, Ryoki, but yeah, close enough. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so, but it's been a long time since i watched it, right? So, but I actually named my cat that. I know, I know it's not a cat, but uh, it was just a big, fluffy, bonny-looking cat, so I was like, hey, that makes sense. Mm. Um, so yeah they dubbed it with cat sound so i you know close enough (laughs) exactly it was like a bunny cat it it makes sense um yeah no that's really cool that that you started you know very humbly and now you've got a big um you know following or a decent sized following and it's good to to when you said about having voice actors on they kind of get a bit of a rub from being on you because you have a large platform but from a cv standpoint from from putting it on their credentials you know they can actually point to work they've done when looking for work outside and what you've done you know some of your videos have got a couple of million views you know like you've got mm. they can say that this many people have heard them act so it's not like you know um it couldn't work out for them being able to use that it definitely does uh yeah so i definitely had one or two of my um people who've done voices for me come back to me and say oh do you mind if i use some clips from your uh uh, nutshell series to use in my like demo reel and i'm always happy to oblige because you know if i don't technically own final fantasy anyway so you know go ahead use it <laughs> yeah no i know what you mean um so like you know with with the planning and with sourcing voice actors obviously you've got a core that you use uh, i'd imagine and I, I i sometimes i bet there's complications with that too where some people can't do it or or the voice actors are unavailable how much time per episode do you reckon you spend, including the planning and everything? Uh, so the planning stages, um, so what I used to do, especially with the Final Fantasy series, is um, I would play the game through on sort of like a semi-speed run. I would be using all the shortcuts I'm aware of to get to the end of the game as soon as possible, but also pay attention to cutscenes. And I would sort of just note down quirks, write down ideas, like scribble down little... Uh, like you know joke ideas in my little notepad or on my phone or whatever i happen to have on me on 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 hand at the time um and so that that's that's actually what mainly eats up a lot of the um prep time um then it's the script writing uh script writing uh, probably takes a couple of days at, at most depending on writer's block and uh, uh if i because what i like to do is um i like to try and be accurate to the game as possible when I'm sort of trying to make a joke about something so often I'll be going back to someone's let's plays to um you know check my check my work as it were and uh, a, a, a YouTuber I actually use a lot for that is HC uh, Bailey because he's pretty much played all Final Fantasy games and he <laughs> is his playthroughs um, are a godsend because he always chat he organizes them to chapters I think oh when did that happen in that game oh yeah it happened in that oh that's in part uh, 10 of HC Bailey plays Final Fantasy 10 or whatever. So the script writing takes, yeah, can probably take about a week. Um, and then the next stage is, yeah, sourcing the voice actors. So um, 
I reach out to my um, friend group. Um, I sort of tend to have a few regulars that uh, are always happy to be up for anything. But um, when I started the Nutshell uh, series, I actually was recommended a website called Casting Call Club, which has been a godsend because it allowed me to put out uh, a project. And I would say, I need these characters for this one, these characters for that one, etc. Uh, here's a character picture. Here's a brief blurb about what I want them to sound like, um, etc. What sort of humor they would have and a few lines for people to try out. And that is um, a big part of where I've met a lot of the voice actors I now use a lot to this day. No, that's really cool. Um, you know, you, it's, you did all this on your own, right? You, I mean, finding all this and uh, figuring this all out, or was you sort of pointed in the right direction? Because it, it sounds like to me um, that, you know, you did literally build this from the ground up and all the connections you've made, you made them, um, you know, yourself. You know, it was a lot of, a lot of hunting and checking and, and looking into things, which I find quite cool. Yeah, so the um, learning the programs was definitely a self-taught exercise. Uh, with a little bit of input from university and college. Uh, so it was a lot of looking up YouTube tutorials, uh, trial and error, fit, like pl- fiddling around with programs to see what they can do and how they can work best for me. Uh, and sometimes I sort of go on Reddit to uh, sort of ask questions in certain subreddits and they point me in directions of uh, you know resources to use, which has been a massive help. Um, Reddit is actually where, what pointed me to Casting Call Club, which, as I said, has been a lifesaver. So yeah, um, but I, I can't take all the credit. I, I would like to give a little bit of credit to my uh, partner, uh, Bulletom. Uh, so we're a duo, Raz and Bulletom, and together we yeah. made rap tunes. But um, he was a lot of the uh, brain work behind the uh, Resident Evil parody, and he did a lot of the art as well for that one as well. But sad, as I said, where we drifted apart, it, and when I moved on to the Final Fantasy Nutshell series, it yeah, it has been down to a lot of me, but he has helped where he can. So, you know, he's not, he's gone, but not forgotten, I like to say. Yeah, no, no, that's, uh, I mean, your logo has two people on. So, you know, from the outside, you can see it's very much uh, two guys, you know, that work on it. Even if he he, uh, is busy at the moment, he's still present. Yeah, so he he does a lot of streaming now. Um, So he has a channel called Rab, uh, King Rab. He'll, he'll either stream on that or on Twitch or on um, sometimes on Discord, which is something I learned you could do recently. I was like, uh, streaming on Discord? Um, surely you don't get many viewers, but he, he, he does streaming more for the fun. And I think that's what, you know, makes good makes a good streamer, you know, someone who does it for the fun rather than for the glory. Yeah, no, no, you're 100% right. You know, with this podcast, we were... We used to have this bar we used to drink in as friends. It was called the Loading Bar here. And uh, basically, it was like a gaming area, right? They just served alcohol. You could play games. And it closed down. So when that happened, we said, you know, let's meet up and do this at home. And then it became, why don't we record it? Because, you know, we're, we're, we're friends. We're chatting about stuff we like. There are other people out there that like what we um, so, you know, we, we kind of, we kind of did the same thing with, you know, uh, transitioning that way into, you know, being friends and being, you know, doing your own thing and doing it for fun and doing it because you love it. And then it kind of taken off a little bit differently as, as it grows. Yeah. No, no, you know, so that's, um, it's good to hear that I'm not the only one that other people do it like that. 
So um, I've got a question actually about you. You mentioned uh, briefly before about your animation style and how it looks. So to me, like I look at your animation style and you've managed to do something that not many animators do. You haven't tried to like copy anyone else. You haven't tried to, um, you know, put your animation style similar to something that people will already know or are into. You've actually created your own recognizable style. So when I see one of your pictures, I know who it is. I know where it came from. I know who made this straight away as soon as I look at it. Um, tell me a little bit about that, you know, about creating that style and, and doing it that way. Uh, so a lot of it came down to, uh, so a big part of animation that takes up so much time is doing individual frames. And I thought, when I started doing this, I thought, well, what if I was to cut out the middleman? What if it could be just one image and you could just manipulate that image to um, do a ver variety of things? Like, you know, maybe the image stays static, but the arms can move or the eyes can move and just those little things, but you can keep everything else the same because at the end of the day, it's the body that, you know, takes up a lot of time. So you've got to do all the clothing. You've got to, like, manipulate them to be, like, sort of, you know, turn left, right, etc. So I thought, what if I made a template that I can just use as a base for any video game character or uh, any kind of character I want to create? So I made up the uh, template, and I thought, um, hmm... Another problem here is the eyes, and I thought, well, why don't I be different? Why don't I sort of have them be sort of black beady eyes? That way, you could still manipulate them to sort of you know go eat, like angry, sad, upset, happy, etc. And uh, I thought, well, that might be unique as well because I don't tend to see people use black beady eyes. Uh, so things like uh, what are they called pop vinyls? Uh, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. A, a lot of people, pops, yeah. Funko Pops, that's the one. Um, a lot of people say my style reminds me of that. Um, I don't know when they started, but I, I think I started a long time before that. So, um, yeah, it's just I just thought it'd be like a cute little thing to sort of have black beady eyes, and it, it's simple without having to sort of you know, animate the pupil moving around in the eye sockets, so they don't, they don't just have a black. I mean, I know they do kind of have a blank stare with the black eyes, but if they were just sort of white circles with dots that never ever moved. Uh, that's a lot of it that is down to me being lazy as well um i must admit but if but if they're black eyes you wouldn't notice that as much and i that's something i just ran with and i stuck with it and i don't think um it's something i will ever change with the style i did try it with steiner in final fantasy 9 in that shell and everyone immediately pointed out that steiner looks weird and i thought well i tried black eyes on steiner's model and it just didn't look right so I've, for him, I've, I made an exception, and every model of his had to have different eyes in different positions moving around, and it just didn't look right if, if I had them fixed in one position. So you want to hope they don't do a, a remake of Nine, and then you have to do his eyes again. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, no, like it, I really like your style, actually, you know. So, you know, the eye thing, it's odd how much you can convey with, beady eyes you know like it's odd how much you can actually you know just by changing the shape of them to be angry or sad you can you can convey a lot of emotion through just beady little eyes it's weird mm. yeah um, yeah no like and 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 i don't take that as a as a knock honestly i really like the way they look uh the way you've done it um while your style's not the same but like you know you did it out of necessity out of you were learning and what was taking time and 
what would you prefer to do? And I think your strong your strong point is uh, very much um, the animation is is definitely a strong point. Like like I said, I can tell it's yours, which is which is a great thing to achieve. Um, you know, as soon as I look at it. But another thing is is your humor. So you've got a lot of humor involved in it. You're not just making cartoons for people to just watch that are ultra serious and you know you're doing it from a humorous standpoint mm. and i think if you were to put so much time into you know making them all have like ripped muscly arms that move around and stuff but you might miss time that you could be spent on the humor so i think it works out for you in in the long run yeah exactly the stick arms are iconic now like and they lead way for silly jokes as well like muscular characters who you'd expect to have big bulking arms just have these little noodle arms that move around very simple and i think that adds a yeah. little bit to the humor um you know it's weird that sometimes i see your um your artwork sometimes i see it in people's memes like i see someone makes a meme and they've taken a still from your show mm. um do, do you ever see that or do you ever do you ever you know, how do you feel when you do see that so yeah i'm i'm uh I follow the page uh, Final Fantasy Shitposting, which you're an admin on, I believe. Um, sometimes I'm scrolling through Facebook and <laughs> I'll see like uh, a meme that's using my my uh, a frame from my animation. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm actually sort of caught off guard. And I'm like, oh yeah, oh someone's used it for a meme. That's really nice. And it actually does warm my heart a little bit because it means someone took the time to take a screenshot and turn it into something that they want to share with a lot of people. So, you know, to me, that is actually quite a big honor. It's such a simple thing, but it, it goes a long way to sort of make me feel good. And I actually love it when I see my memes. Uh, sorry, when I see my screenshots out in the wild just randomly. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I'd imagine that it would be a good thing because it means that, like, obviously, through things like YouTube, you can see how many people watch. You can see how many followers you have. Um, but I can imagine when you see that applied, you know, people that go, hey, look, I made this, or someone who makes a fan art or something in your style or whatever it is they might do, that probably means more than like a metric on a, on a computer screen. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, yeah, you're right on the money there. Um, it means so much more than a figure that says, you know, this many people watch your video and this many people commented. The yeah, comments so- are another big thing. I do love when people take the time to comment as well. Like, I do read every single comment I get on YouTube and that is quite a lot and I used to um thumb like heart react them all to sort of because I couldn't reply to every single one that would take forever so that was just a simple way to say you know I've read your comment and I appreciate it no no because I mean because with things like social media I know I mean through various groups that's how that's how I know you is through you know Facebook groups uh meme groups things like that um, but I know you're really active on Twitter with your fans and with people that, that um, are interested in your work. You know, me and you, we, we go back and forth on Twitter and share memes and stuff. Um, and I, I really like that, you know. And it was something when, when I did the episode, I did an episode with the Night Sky Prince, uh, the YouTuber. And it was another thing, you know, that he's another one who genuinely wants to talk to and interact with his fans. And I, as, as, you know, a content creator myself, I try to do the same. And I think it's such a better way of behaving as as a creator to put yourself out there and interact with the people that appreciate you. Um, it's just good. It's always good to see other people doing the same, like yourself. Yes, definitely. I've, I've been trying to um, break Twitter, as I like to call it, because um, it's good. I find it 
it's a good platform to um, interact with your fans more so than YouTube because YouTube doesn't always notify me when people reply to my reply on their comment. So often people will ask me a question on YouTube and I won't ever see their response when I respond to them. Like if they ask me a series of questions and it would require like follow-up questions, I can never often see that they've replied to it. And that's quite frustrating. But Twitter is actually quite intuitive in that way. It will notify me precisely when someone's mentioned me or replied to me. And that's what that's why I'm trying to encourage my uh, followers to move, like sort of move to that platform if they want to, you know, ask me anything or want to, you know, shoot the shit and all that. Yeah, no, no, you're 100% right. I've been trying to do the same. I've been, I've been posting screenshots of my tweets and then posting them on my page to try and <laughs> encourage people to move over because, again, like with Facebook, you know, I haven't got anywhere near the amount of followers you have on your YouTube, but with 7,000 people uh, liking, replying and commenting, I cannot keep up with it the way that Facebook does, which just sends me a block of yeah. how many people have left a comment. Uh, whereas with Twitter, you can literally just scroll through your own tweets, your own, you know, open it up. And like like a, an old comment section back in the day, you would see every reply in a row and you can just easily just scroll through it and find them, um, you know, per tweet. Whereas with Facebook, you don't know what they've left the comment on. You don't know. It's, it's so much nicer on Twitter. So I've been trying to do the same, getting people to cross over a little bit more. So if anyone's listening to this and you, you are a fan of, of, of Rab Tunes, and you want to talk? You want to talk to to Rab himself, as I, as I called him earlier. <laughs> uh, then that's the best way to do it. You know, to jump on Twitter. You you heard it from the man himself. Yeah, definitely listen to the man. Um, yeah, so like with gaming and stuff like, because obviously, again, that's how that's how we were connected through through video games uh, and uh, video game groups and and meme groups and stuff like that. Um, you know, between, you know, you've done FF videos, the Resident Evil videos, some Silent Hill, some GTA, a couple of Assassin's Creed. I think were they, it was the Assassin's Creed, the, the Valentine's videos. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, I did a few, like, couple of, like, 30-second Assassin's Creed ones. Yeah, so, like, you know, you've got all like, these things. So you're obviously a gamer and an avid gamer. So what's, what's your favorite game? Uh, so I often surprise a lot of people when they ask me this. It's not actually a Final Fantasy game that is my favorite game. Um, and it often shocks people. It's um, a game called Psychonauts. And that's, Psychonauts. Yeah, that's mainly because it is such a colorful, creative, fun game. I, I've replayed it countless times. I never get bored of it. Like, the, the dialogue's clever. The the world is, like, really well made. I'm, like, I'm obsessed with the lore. I'm always checking for updates on Psychonauts 2 because I just cannot wait for that to come out so I just, I'm just hungry for more from that world and the music it's just got everything yeah no I know I mean um, games are like you know it's weird like obviously Final Fantasy 7 for me everyone knows I love Final Fantasy 7 um, mm. is it my favourite though um, I don't know I think Secret and 2 might be my favourite game when I think you know and people are shocked with that too you know to go so can, I've not even heard of that, but it's like an RPG from the 90s, and you know it was so well done, um, so charming, uh, again colourful, and the way it, the character it made you feel about the characters. Uh, Super Nintendo really like touched me, so that's like right up there for me as a, as a game mm. I really, um, really, really like. Um, with your videos in, in particular, like one thing I noticed because. Um, I noticed this before, and then I, I before we before before I had you on, you know, to have a chat and have a you 
uh, chill out for a bit on here. Um, I noticed the stuff that goes on in the background in your videos, right? So, for example, in the, the FF1 uh, video with the Black Mage, he, he just throws himself <laughs> off the airship. You know, it's such a unique idea for you to like, embed those jokes that way. How did you come up with, you know, I want things, I don't just want just static backgrounds, you know. Um, I want to have little things happening in the background as well. Just Because there are extra jokes, you know. There's like a layered joke behind that. Um, so I would say that is inspired in a big part by cartoons such as Simpsons and Futurama. Because quite often they will have like a sign in the background that will convey an extra joke and it sort of rewards you for looking off to the side whilst the uh, dialogue's going on and thinking, oh, what does that sign say? Oh, that's oh, that's quite funny. That's another joke in itself. And another thing is um, where my style is quite simple, uh, the animation can be a little bit rigid sometimes, especially when a lot of dialogue is going on. So I think, how, about I, how could I make this a bit more animated? Well, I could have stuff going on in the background. And I think... I think the scene you're on about there where Black Mage jumps off in the background, and I thought, well, there's a lot of dialogue going on here, and <laughs> it's literally just the mouse flapping around, and uh, the warrior may rotate the wheel a little bit, and I thought, well, how can we bring this to life a bit more? Well, the Black Mage has been a very sort of, you know, blasé character through this whole thing. He hasn't really been engaged. He's a bit sort of, you know, mad about everything. So I thought, what if he... what if he thought, well, you know, I'm, I've, I've kind of had enough of this adventure. I'm just sort of jumping ship, literally. And I just threw that in the background. And you can find all sorts of stuff like that throughout the animations. Like um, in, in the 13, in a nutshell, uh, there was a little sign in the background because the, the first area you start in is called Hanging Edge. And I thought, well, there's a character called Edge from Final Fantasy IV. What if the sign... Uh, the town sign was um, a sign that said "Welcome to Hanging Edge," and it had a picture of Edge from four, Final Fantasy IV uh, hanging. And I just ran with it. And I, it's just whatever pops into my head that I think, yeah, I'll chuck that in the background, and that works for me. Yeah, no, I know. I see. see I, I'm not an animator, right? So I wouldn't, I wouldn't pretend to be. But I make. I looked at my uh, analytics today. I've made a thousand memes um, in the course of a year and a half. I've made a thousand memes. And I was shocked by that. But that's kind of how my brain works for memes. I kind of just like randomly get like just a little bit of inspiration like that. And it's not enough for like a full joke or it's not enough for me to say on the podcast or something I can just blur out. It needs like a visual. And that's how I end up making memes. Um, and I know you've made some memes as well. I see your memes floating about. Do you ever get tempted not to make the meme when, when, you, when you see a meme? Because this could be good in a video. Or do you just go, oh, well, I'll make it anyway. Uh, so a lot of memes I come up with where I just randomly on the spot. I try to, I try to be like. The best way to describe it is, um, have you ever seen that image of uh, Steve Buscemi? I'm, I think it's from Thirty Rock or something. And he's like dressed in like a baseball cap, he's got a skateboard and a hoodie on. And he's like, "What's up, my dudes?" or something like that. And it's basically conveying the joke that you know it's a old man trying to be hip. Uh, so I, I, I would describe myself as that a lot of times. So I'm looking at trends and I'm thinking, well, what what could I bring to that joke to sort of, you know, make my own meme? So a big one at the moment is um, that cringy scene from Crisis Call where Zach goes, me, gone gaga. If I think that could make a good meme, I will just channel that into a meme. But if I think, well, actually, no, I could save this for a joke, I 
add that to like a little Word document I have on my PC, which um, sort of collates a lot of jokes I haven't used, um, and see if I can work those into a future video. So it's sort of a bit of a combo. It's basically whatever would fit which format best. And sometimes I do reuse jokes from memes that I've come up with because I thought, you know, that's such a good idea. I'll use it again. Yeah, I mean, I think with memes, people will forget about you know, with, whereas with your videos, you're constantly getting new people watching them, and then you're getting people that want to watch them again. So mm. they kind of live on a little bit more through cartoons than they do as memes. Um, so I can I can understand I can understand the want to like go you know this this meme hit hard and in in video format it may even be better. So I do understand the want to 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 do that. It makes a lot of sense. Um, one of my favorite videos of yours. Has got to be the Final Fantasy X, um, in a nutshell. Yeah. The the reason being is the opening, the opening joke about telling you kind of what's happened, and yeah, the villain's still alive, and none of the party members have died. So it, that bit there, I found is one of the smartest jokes you've ever done. I, like to to this day, I think about when I think about you, I think about your cartoons. That's the first <laughs> thing that pops in my head is that joke. Yeah, because that um, that always struck me when something, when a TV show or a video game or anything uses the narrative of how we got here. Often they'll blow the load with how many characters are alive at that point, and I feel that always removes some of the tension when they build up to that, back up to that moment, because you always think, oh, this character's like hanging off a ledge. Oh no, they were in the beginning, so you know they're not gonna fall from that ledge or something. And I always think. Well, Final Fantasy X does that. That's my perfect opportunity to take a jab at that trope because that trope is always something that bugs me because it, it removes a lot of attention when you're watching something because you'll know a character won't, you know, die from this, you know, life-threatening situation because you saw them in the beginning and you saw that they will survive up to that point. So, you know, what's the point in dangling that little danger in your face making you think this character's not going to survive when you know for a fact they do survive? Yeah, no. Um, have you played... 7R, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm up to the church scene in where you literally just meet, Ar- uh, meet Aerith. So without giving anything away, I think with the way they did 7R, because we know what's going to happen, um, you know, with, with Aerith in particular, like you said, like with a flashback, um, I don't want to give anything away about the story or anything that's happened with it. But I think they're trying to sort of play with us a little bit so we kind of forget about that or make it it could happen it could not happen you know trying to sort of uh do the opposite to what they do at the beginning of final fantasy 10 where you see everyone sat around a campfire they they've they've kind of thrown us out in the world where anything can happen type thing with the remake which i think is a really really smart move um just given that we do know the the outcome so they've kind of done a few silly not silly things a few things that have, that have upset many of the fan base uh to do with that but i think in the end it's just a, it's one of those uh i think it's just a trick it's trying to it's trying to trick people i won't say too much more so i really don't want to spoil it for you if mm. you haven't had it spoiled already because you're on the internet um i've had more i've had bits and pieces of it spoiled, so i do sort of know where it all leads towards but everything else is sort of remained un spoiled so yeah that, i've got that to look forward to but yeah, no, yeah I, I know a lot of these changes have been polarizing yeah i, I think it's going to happen with any kind of remake uh unless you do what resident evil 2 did uh with their remake 
and you just almost 100% faithfully recreate it with a few upgrades and a few little differences, um, then you're not going to get that. But a game like Resident Evil uh, 2, it's not a very long game. Uh, no. The length of it, it's a lot easier for you to do that. And a game with Resident Evil 2, if, if the game ended with Leon dying, right, and this was how the game ended, in the remake, if they had him survive because they want to do something else in future, I think that would have upset fans or it would have, you know, the, these things, I think they would have been able to piss off their fan base in a way that people are kind of angry at Square for doing what they've done. But all they're doing is allowing us to be shocked in future rather than us knowing every beat that they're going to hit. At least that's my my interpretation of what's going on. No, I 100% agree. It would be boring if it was just, you know, a one-for-one one remake just with voice acting and fancy graphics. It would be predictable. You wouldn't, you know, there are mods for the original game. You can near enough do that, just minus voice acting. Yeah, I'd imagine some people have probably even started that somewhere along the lines, you know, a voice acted mod or something, you know, I wouldn't even be shocked to hear about that. Mm. Um, so like, uh, I, I want to get, I want to get a little bit ser- serious. Um, and you know, just through, I've got some friends who are content creators, um, you know, and like, with yourself coming on here, you know, the night sky prince was on here and I've got a few other content creator friends that are going to come on on people. I just know. Um, and a lot of them are really worried about, you know, the ever evolving and changing YouTube terms and conditions, but they're not animators, right? And they are, you know, streamers or personalities or people that give gaming news and that sort of thing. But as an animator, you are more likely to be affected by a lot of these than the others are. What are your overall thoughts on 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 this changes and on everything that we keep hearing about YouTube and what they're doing? Like, how much does it bother you, or do you have anything in mind that you're going to try and do instead of, or, or are you just going to see what happens? Uh, so I'm playing a lot of it by ear at the moment, but the one that really makes me nervous is this whole distinction between made for kids and not made for kids, which has massively thrown a spanner into the works for a lot of people I know, because animation has always been polarizing in the public eye as, oh, animation is automatically for children. And you see it with a lot of the older generation, they'll make that assumption as well. And there are a lot of cartoons that are not obviously made for children. But YouTube doesn't seem to have that, you know, perception, you know, that wisdom to know, you know, this is a adult animated cartoon. It's clearly not made for children. And I find I where my style is quite cartoony and where these algorithms, because it's all at the end of the day, a lot of it is algorithms. And I find some like the other day I was just browsing um, a video because I was looking for a certain frame to make a meme from and it was um, a scene from Rick and Morty and I know for, <laughs> you, everyone knows for a fact that is not uh, a cartoon made for children and it was being treated as if it was a children's video because a lot all the uh, recommendations were children videos and I think the comments were disabled as well because you can't have comments on a video that's made for kids and it's just all a bit draconian and so I, I'm just, yeah, as I said, I'm keeping a close eye on what they're doing. And I do have backups, but at the end of the day, I do uh, do I do make these videos just for fun, just because I love Final Fantasy. I want to, I set out to parody every single game from 1 to 15. And my main goal was just to do all 15 games and have fun doing it. And I never actually expected it to get this big. So 
if for whatever reason YouTube doesn't upload and I I have to be forced off to a different platform, so be it. I'll I'll go where wherever I'm allowed basically. So I'm not overly worried about it. Yeah, like, and, and like, like as a, the reason why I ask you that's because you are an animator, and animators are the ones who get hit the hardest with this stuff. In all honesty, they're the ones that are like being, they're the ones that I notice are the most worried. They're also the ones that have already been hit a few times with it. But the strange thing is, right? My sister, her son Dylan, is ten years old, and he has Crunchyroll because he likes anime, and. He watches them in Japanese, so my sister can't hear the language used in the episodes. So she sees a cartoon like this, sort of like cartoons must be for kids, right? That's what it mm. is. He knows they're not. He knows that watching uh, Berserk, right? She's not going <laughs> to allow him to watch Berserk, uh, or maybe even JoJo. You know, with just how homoerotic it is, she might not actually want him at, as ten years old watching something. So he puts it on in Japanese and reads the subs. So kids always find a way around this stuff. As much as YouTube want to protect um, kids from it, uh, I, I know I did when I was a kid. I'd watch stuff that wasn't for me, and I'm sure you did as well. Yeah, exactly. You and just yeah, can't. You can't fight it, really. You can't. There's no one fix for it, and they they they're trying to find that fix, and it's just going to shoot them in the foot in the end. I think so, and I think it could it could lead to the rise of a rival, a, a rise of something else um, instead of YouTube. Um, people say, no, they're too big, they're too big. But, you know, everything can end. MySpace was too big, you know, and that, mm. where's, where's MySpace now? I'm sure people still use it, but not the way they used to. So these, these things do happen. Or in other forms of media, Blockbuster. Blockbuster were too big. You can't beat Blockbuster, but Netflix came along and now... Blockbuster doesn't exist, so that 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 does happen. Um, so it's interesting to hear that like, you're not that worried, but you're just going to find somewhere else if it happens. So that, that's that's a quite a positive attitude to have that you're not losing sleep over it and you're not letting it get you. Yeah. So obviously, one of the problems I run into where animation is quite time consuming. I can't put out content every week like YouTube wants you to. So I have had to turn to streaming myself, and I'm not actually. I would say I'm not that good at it because when I'm playing a game, just talking like nonsense as I play, it's I, I struggle with that. But it's something I've had to sort of do to try and keep up an audience in the downtime in between videos and sort of make use of the time I am spending playing games. It it it, it does stress me out a little bit, but uh, yeah, as I say, I I just do it for fun. So you know, I'm not overly worried, but. Yeah, that's that's my two cents. Yeah, no, no, it's per perfectly you know acceptable answer that you know you're not going to let it worry you. But there are things like how much you post and how often you post that come into play with them, uh, whereas that never used to be a case. Um, and yeah, streaming's not for everyone. I tried it a little bit, um, and I, I just want to play the game. I don't want to be talking while I'm playing. Mm. The game. <laughs> you know, it, that's it, something I struggle with. Yeah, yeah, it's a real difficult thing, and you know, on a as you know, like I like talking, I, I like talking, but not when I'm playing a game. I just want to enjoy it. So, um, with that, right? So, with what you said about that, so if a budding animator uh, looking to make videos on YouTube, uh, especially, um, needed advice, what what would you like right now? What would you say to them in terms of like uh, advice from a standpoint of someone who has made a lot of videos now and someone who has built up a following? Uh, so this is something I always 
find difficult to answer because I never actually expected my channel to get as big as it has. Um, so yeah, I was just doing these videos for fun. Like occasionally, I would, you know, get quite a few comments, or quite a few positive ones, negative ones, etc. And I thought, well, that's cool. And then I took a big hiatus between finishing Resident Evil One and starting Final Fantasy One in that show because I went through. Uh, it's a bit difficult for me to talk about. But I went through a stage of depression. And I yeah. just wasn't wasn't motivated. I, you know, I went through a very dark time in my life, and and I thought, what what makes me happy? And I thought, well, making art and creating stuff and making people laugh. And I thought, well, why don't I do that again? So I thought, hmm, I had these uh, Final Fantasy in a nutshell scripts I've been sat on for years now. Why don't I sort of repurpose those and make those again because you know that was a passion project um for the 30th anniversary of Final Fantasy and I sort of missed that a little bit but that doesn't really matter but anyway I thought I'll turn these into I'll you know I, I had a vision I set out to do it and I thought this is something I want to do I'm going to do it for me and I'm not necessarily going to do it for everyone else and when I posted that first Final Fantasy in a nutshell uh, for a start, I never expected it to get so many comments and views. I don't know what the hell happened. I'm always baffled how it got so popular because it, you know, I just sort of made it for fun and I put, posted it and I it just blew up out of nowhere. And I thought, okay, you know, I'll run with this. I'll make the second one, third, etc. And yeah, what? So what I would ultimately break it down to is: don't do it for the fame. Do it because you want to do it. Um, and that will help a lot because if you try and do it with the goal of oh I want to be famous or I want to get popular you will most likely fail because that will distract you you will get down on yourself you'll think oh I'm not good enough you know I you know I'm not as good as I want to be but you you got to disregard that you want you got to do it for yourself otherwise it won't work yeah no there's really really sound advice um when you went the first the first thing you said was about you know I didn't do this for um, you know, monetary gain or fame or anything like that. And straight away, I was like, no, that's 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 where you need to. It needs to be something you enjoy. Um, it needs to be something that uh, you do because there is a passion for it, and that quality for that quality bleeds out into your art. You know, if you've got a passion for it, it bleeds into it. Um, and uh, you know, sorry to hear that you had a depressive, uh, you know, moment and you know, a, a while a time where you you were down in the dumps and. Um, they are hard to talk about, right? You know, I know myself mm. uh, firsthand. They are, they, those things are hard to talk about. Um, but it sounds like that art helped you through that, which is something I find myself, that art can kind of lift you lift you up and, and help you when you're feeling down. Yeah, because it gives you a sense of purpose and, you know, you feel like you've contributed something to the world. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's great. Um, you know, so with that kind of advice... I have. A, I actually have a question from uh, one, of, one of my Patreon uh, subscribers. So before before I jump into what I'm going to say, now, he wants to know what when when's 15 coming out. That's from Scott. He's, he's, <laughs> when, when can he expect 15? <laughs> Which I'm sure you've heard a thousand times. Yeah. So uh, I, I I've had this question quite a few times. Um, my main goal when I started this project was I was going to do the games in order and. I got a lot of backlash from half-assing the 11 nutshell by literally making it a nutshell. Like, I think I summarized the game in one minute. 
and then I spent like the next 10 minutes doing my own crappy fan fiction story I really regret starting now so when I got to 14 I thought well I don't want to do that again because that pissed a lot of people off um so I actually started playing the game I put research into the world of Final Fantasy 14 because I know a lot of people love 14 um and I actually do enjoy for playing 14 so um the problem is 14 is such a massive game and I wanted to give it the dedication I want to dedicate basically this is a passion project to show love for every game because every Final Fantasy game whether you hate it or love it etc someone will like it and that's what I want to do I want to show that every Final Fantasy game has something for everyone and you know I love each game whether it's bad or good and um, so where 14 is so massive I've had to make it sort of quite a big undertaking and it's a long game and I don't want to sort of you know cut it short and annoy people again um, so I know I said I you know do these for fun and I don't necessarily do it for the fame but I actually do quite enjoy 14 and I want to give it its uh, respect and give it a you know decent nutshell to go with it and where 14 is quite a massive game that's going to be quite a big undertaking so 15 uh you're probably looking at maybe <laughs> september maybe at a minimum yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense because obviously 14 is huge um i played uh 14 when it first came out the original 14 which, which was not worth playing um and then i did play you know realm reborn uh up until maybe the second expansion uh, I just found it was so much of a time sink uh, for me. It was too much of a time sink that I ended up ended up stop stopping uh, playing it. So I can imagine that for you to do a game that large with that many um, intrigual moments in the game, um, and then not only do you have the base game, you also have all of the DLC and the extra stuff, you know, the expansions to work on as well. That for you, it must be um, not difficult, but there, there's got to be a challenge there for you to do it right. Yeah, so another hurdle was the fact that 14 doesn't really have a main character. It follows a series of characters, and a big part of the nutshells is it follows a main character who sort of personifies the video. So, like, you know, you got Squall, you got your Tidus, you got your Cloud, and they tend to have the most lines, etc., and they carry the narrative of the nutshell forward uh, and I thought if I was just doing that with 14 it would feel a bit disconnected you wouldn't really get to know many characters it's like the appeal with a lot of the nutshells is you get to know Cloud he's a you know he's um a careless jerk or Squall's just you know he says whatever he doesn't really care or Edgar is a pervert and etc I had felt like I needed to create like a set of characters for everyone to follow throughout the story of the main nutshell so that's why i'm doing these sort of four introductory videos which introduce the main characters you'll be following through the nutshell to just to do something a little bit different you know because you know doing 13 of these videos they all it all gets a bit samey so i thought you know do something different i know that's that's cool to hear that you're, you're trying to do something different and that you, you're putting the time and effort into it because i think i think Sometimes people can be impatient, right, with, with um, things. I've had it a few times with episodes where um, I wanted to do an episode on a, on a Monday and I've told people, they've said, when's it coming? I said, well, I should be doing it Monday. And then real life gets in the way and I end up doing it Wednesday. And they're like, where is it? 
They don't, they don't quite understand that there's time and effort goes into doing stuff. Um, and I'm not saying everyone, and, and I get that they don't know. So it's a good uh, look into your process so that people that are a fan of yours do know how much time and, and effort, but also how much you actually care about the project that mm. you want to do justice. I think it's a really good window into that. Yeah, so I like to call my style deceptively simple. Like you would look at, I would say a lot of people could look at my style and think, oh, that's simple. Why does he take so long to make those? But if people, if a lot of people actually knew the reality of how long these take, because I've got to make the model, I've got to tween them, I've got to do the lip syncing, I've got to do all the sound effects, I've got to lay out the scenes, I've got to do all the audio mixing, it it all adds up and it takes a lot more time than the style looks. Yeah, and, and uh, I imagine people think um, that you're not just a one-man band, you know. I, I imagine people think, well, look how many followers you've got, look how many views you've got, you must be a studio somewhere. Um, and I know how that feels, I do have a studio, but I built it in the upstairs spare room of my house. It's not like I rent a big studio, you know, I built it, I paid for the equipment, I, I sat here... <laughs> stapling soundproofing on the wall like you know it was all, all me and the guys doing that um so i imagine some people think that you are like a, like a big corp or something you know yeah so yeah the reality of it is this is just a desk right next to my couch where i sit with my wife and i <laughs> sometimes jump on the pc while she's watching uh programs i'm not interested in etc or basically i'll just hop on whenever i got free time to work on stuff and it's as simple as that, really. There's no big studios, no, like you know, professional reception, etc. It's just one guy on a computer having fun. Yeah, no, no, I'm I'm exactly the same. Um, you said actually before we got we we went on air and started recording about listening to background noise and stuff as part of your process. So I thought I'd give you a, a little chance to have a have a chat about that. So yeah, um, I struggle to work in silence, like. I used to have jobs where it would be like a morgue in the office and they wouldn't have a radar on and anything radio on in the background. And I used to really suffer in those jobs because it would just, the silence would drive me mad. I, I, I don't know. It's really strange. I, if I find if I don't have any background music or background noise or any sort to play whilst I'm working on something, especially animation, I find my mind wanders and I just get distracted or I'll sort of, you know, I've, drift away or I'll feel unmotivated so a big thing I like to do is I like to stick um, a series on that you can binge so for me it would be like British sitcoms like Mitchell and Webb uh, Peep Show or uh, uh, Bottom or um, Vicar of Dibley all sorts of programs or maybe cartoons as well like maybe Family Guy, American Dad, Rick and Morty anything, Simpsons and I find having like a comedy show on in the background, um, it motivates me strangely because I'm sort of listening to something else that I enjoy, and it sort of it gets me in that mindset that I'm listening to something I enjoy, I'm making something I enjoy, and it just goes together so well, and it just fills that silence and fuels my creativity. Yeah, no, I, I mean I, I agree. Many, many, many years ago, I ghost wrote a book for a company called the Dating Advice Line. Um, as cringy as that sounds, I, I, I go through this book, basically, they gave me a bunch of forum posts um, and advice and all this other stuff, and I had to kind of turn it into a coherent 
start to finish book. Um, and I had to use like a, a novel that they asked me to kind of like weave a story throughout it. I had to do it all myself. And during that, if I wasn't listening to music, I could not do any of it. Mm, exactly. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's, it's strange how some ambience or something, um, you know, even, even just uh, like, you know, background TV again, I uh, quite often when I'm doing my work work, you know, when I'm not podcasting, when I'm doing my job, I will do the same as you. I will put on uh, something I can binge in the background and sit there and do my actual day job. So, uh, you know, I, I agree with that. Um, as we mentioned, Seven already um and the remake i would be um probably screamed at by at least one or two people if i didn't ask you if you were going to be revisiting seven at some point yourself well where i've been playing it i've actually been sort of jotting down ideas as i play along because i think um yeah there are quite a lot of moments in that i would like to parody and i do have some point like things i really want to make fun of um particularly to do with um, the whispers and various other things. Um, but yeah, I, it's definitely in the works, but my main goal at the moment is just to get, you know, one to 15 done and then sort of explore side things. Um, maybe seven remake might be the first one I visit after all that, but it's interesting you say that because um, before the seven remake was delayed, my April fool's prank this year, I was literally just going to take maybe the first 10 minutes of my um, original Final Fantasy VII in a nutshell, maybe add a filter to it, uh, like up the resolution to 4K, uh, change Tifa's model, uh, add sunglasses to Barrett, and then post that and say it was the Final Fantasy VII remake nutshell. Um, sadly, I couldn't do that because they delayed the game and that would twig, people would twig instantly, hey, the game's not out yet, how has he made a nutshell about it? That would have been funny. Really funny. <laughs> People would have jumped on it and been like, "You bastard!" <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I love April Fools. I love a chance to bamboozle people. And <laughs> yeah, last year I basically reskinned Final Fantasy III in a nutshell with Onion Knights and changed some of the dialogue. <laughs> and people actually enjoyed the remade version. They, you know, they said, I, ironically, this, you know, this is actually a good prank because it goes beyond a bit above and beyond what a normal April Fool's prank is where you just tease what uh, an anticipated project is, but you actually delivered something as well as saying, you know, it's one thing, but it's actually going to be another. Yeah, no, that's actually pretty cool. Um, so before we get to the end, before we move to the the climax where we just chew the fat a tiny bit, um, I got some questions from the overarching Final Fantasy Square Enix community that is out there. Um so the first one actually comes from a guy who appears on this podcast quite a lot, and uh, I would be remiss if I didn't say his full name. Uh, this is the lock prick, the keyblade <laughs> master, the man who caught his foreskin in a key lock, Tian. Oh. Uh, that's a true story. Um, he asks, during these hard times with content creation, um, with, with the lockdown and the stress of it all, how do you get past, you know, writer's block, emotional distractions, and how does it, you know, what is it that pushes you forward to continue creating and continue working? Um, so as I touched upon at the start, uh, a lot of it is there is light at the end of the tunnel, you know, that this isn't going to go on forever. Um, but as for create, 
writer's block, uh, a big problem I often face is sometimes I'll... So the hardest part of nutshells actually isn't making them, it's starting them. I always find the biggest hurdle is actually starting a new video. So what I do have is I have a template for these nutshells where I have all like manner of lip sync movements set out already, like at the top layer. Um, and basically that say that should that normally saves me a lot of time to lip syncing because I can just pick from all these pre-made lip syncing and I can just tweak them slightly to the new lines in the script. Yeah. But a lot of the a lot of the what gets me down about starting a new nutshell is laying out the audio, laying out the backgrounds, planning out how these scenes are going to play out, like what angles, what uh, what am I going to have in the background, etc. And that is often what will make me think, oh, I don't want to do this, and I will often procrastinate. I'll I want to do anything but that. But what I find often gets me out of that slump is I will sit down, I will set aside some time to work on it, um, I will cut out all distractions, I'll close down Discord, I'll turn my phone off, and I will just focus on it. And as I said, I'll have something on in the background to help motivate me, as usual. But what I find is you've got to remove all other distractions that don't work for you. Um, so it might be a bit difficult if you live with someone. So I obviously live with my wife. I can't obviously kick her out of the house, yeah. but um, more often than not, she's happy for me to sit next to her, sit next to her on the sofa editing these videos. Uh, sometimes she gets a little bit annoyed when she wants to show me something, and I'm just there, sort of in my own world, animating. But oftentimes she'll um, she'll go upstairs or she'll go out for a bit. And if you find free time, don't waste it. It often might be feel tempting to sort of just you know goof off but if you want to get a project done and you you are blessed with free time do not waste it because there have been so many times where i've been gifted like free time and i just wasted it goofing off or just lounging around or feeling sorry for myself and it, you just gotta you just gotta make the most of you know cause this is it there's, there's only one run through you you know you're not going to get any other chances just go for it yeah, no, no. Again, solid advice. You've been full of solid advice uh, today with with this kind of stuff. So I'm hoping that any any young budding animators or content creators do actually listen to what you say with some of this stuff because I know myself that I actually there has been times where I've done nothing for a day, just randomly, and I get to the end of the day and I kick myself for not doing it. You know, for going, God, what a waste, what a wasted time that, what a waste of a day that was. Um, and it's it's a habit that I've been really trying to kick recently with, with things uh, over the past year or two. So I, I understand the pain of like you know making sure you don't waste that that time because if you are trying to create something, um, then there's no time like now, you know. Mm. And on top of that, um, the reverse is also true. If you spend your free time doing something you enjoy, it's not time wasted. It's true. Yeah. Very true. Uh, so Chris with a K, the lady way, asks, <laughs> how do you deal with negative feedback and hate that you receive, especially when you first started? Oh, uh, boy. So I often get quite hurtful, nasty comments on my videos. So sometimes I'll get stupid ones like, you know, this isn't funny or, you know, this sucks. Animation is terrible or dialogue is cringy or you just ripped this off family guy, which you know, that's kind of true. I do 
borrow a lot of jokes from Family Guy, but I don't really care. Anyway, um, my mantra for those comments is if they took the time to write a hurtful comment or write anything, that's their time they waste. They wasted, not mine. Yeah. And I always just have fun replying to these trolls. Like if someone says, you know, this is shit, this sucks, you know, go kill yourself. I just go, okay. I just re- I like to reply to them with happy messages that basically undermine anything they said because that's they're just trying to get under your skin and if you show them that doesn't affect you you've won yeah show me your animation i'd love to see it you know because they haven't done it (laughs) yeah exactly you know they they, they can critique yours but they can't do it themselves they can't come up with anything better so yeah um one thing i have to see sometimes i will reply to people um but at the moment i've been trying to just not even reply to them you know and uh sometimes when i scroll through comments of things i've actually been not hand picking but i've been like no don't you, i don't owe them a response you know to so unless it's constructive criticism which which is always welcome um i don't owe them a response so i tend not to reply but yeah the temptation to give them a sarky comment or a clap back is always there but I like your way of just saying thank you. <laughs> okay, cheers. You know, that's actually that's really going to piss them off because they're going to be like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, that is another thing you just mentioned there: uh, constructive criticism. If it's a negative comment, but it's addressing what they don't like and how I could fix it, I actually appreciate that. And I will take if someone does that, I will take the time to say thank you for that. I will keep that in mind. I always do. Like I have taken on feedback. Like. Uh, for example, in Final Fantasy V, in a nutshell, there was a few homophobic jokes, and I've taken on a lot of the feedback people gave me, and I've not really, I've tried to avoid homophobic jokes ever since. Yeah, I mean, as a as a podcaster, right, there are some words that I just cannot say on air. Mm. Uh, one being a cigarette, where we are from, right? It's, it's yeah. a word that I just, I, it can get you deplatformed by saying it, despite, you know, regional language. And um, I find that, you know, sometimes making a joke at the expense of, of anyone, right, is funny. It's still funny, right? A homophobic joke is a funny joke. But if, the over, if your audience is not receptive to it, it, the joke's no longer funny, you know? So I understand that, like, it, they, they can be funny. Some, some jokes can be really nasty and also be funny at the same time. Um, you know, dependent. You know, humor is down to the person who who makes the joke, and then the audience space. But you have to know who your audience are. So it's good that, like, you know, you heard people weren't happy with that, so you stopped doing it. Yeah, and you've got you made a good point there. Humor, humor is subjective, and that's something I someone told me once when I when I've been down in the dump. Sometimes a negative comment will get me down, and someone told me humor is subjective. And that's helped that just that simple phrase has helped me a lot with um, negative comments I may get because not everyone's going to find certain jokes funny. Some, you know, everyone finds different things funny. And that's just, uh, you know, that's just life. You can't really change that. So that, that goes a long way to dealing with this sort of criticism. Yeah. And the other thing is that us Brits have got a very distinct sense of humor as well. Like you can. You know, you look at the great British comedians and the great British, uh, you know, sitcoms and, and comedy TV shows. They, they, you know, they, they, they are all over the spectrum, but all of them are quintessentially British. And sometimes people don't understand that sarcasm or the fact that you can say something that might be homophobic or say something that might be a bit mean. And you don't actually mean it. 
because it's a joke and it's kind of taken the piss out of the homophobia itself or kind of taking the mick out of the fact that people think that way and they shouldn't you know sometimes people don't understand the nuances of, of a joke uh, mm. sometimes you know yeah exactly like um little britain is quite notorious for that um a lot of people miss the point that they're not making fun of gay people they're making fun of the people who make fun of gay people they're like, they're like saying you know being homophobic is absurd in itself yeah, not homophobia is funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially when you know with Little Britain, for example, you know one of them is actually gay himself. He's not. He's he's not making these jokes because he hates gay people. Come on, think about it logically. But unfortunately, hmm. some people feel, and and, it, and I, I don't knock them for it. But some people feel before they think, and when people feel before they think, they react without realizing the full intention of it. You know. Yeah, exactly. So that that's a really good. You know, I've never thought about that. You know, getting that that criticism uh, to that degree, and how um, I've never spent a lot of time thinking about it. So that's actually a good thing to hear. Um, another one we've got from the community is uh, Larissa, who is a mod at Square Posting on Facebook, and she asks, "How many hours have you spent playing games in order to create the nutshell videos?" Uh, so as I said um, earlier, like to prepare for nutshell writing, I will do a speed run of the game I'm playing. Now, sometimes I don't always have the means to do that. So what I will often do is watch a playthrough. So as I mentioned before, I'll plug him again, H.C. Bailey. He does a lot of playthrough of Final Fantasy games that I've used to recap my knowledge of the games. Um, so I would say playing them, I would spend maybe... 10 hours most because I'm often not I'm speeding through the game I'm using shortcuts or I'm, in some cases I use cheat mode like def I have a funny story with um, Final Fantasy 3 in a nutshell god I I know I said I love every Final Fantasy game but 3 can go die in a fire I really don't like Final Fantasy 3 that was such a chore to play what I was actually doing I was playing it on my phone on an emulator and oh, I man. just had it on uh, you could set it to fast forward like 100% and I was just playing the game on like fast motion uh, so I, I would slow it down for cutscenes so I could play attention to dialogue etc but battles and stuff I was just you know tapping the button mindlessly on fast forward running around uh, grinding endlessly to make sure I was over leveled so I could just blast through the game as quick as possible because I just did not enjoy that game yeah the one that did me recently right um, it's a game I always really liked when it first came out it's Final Fantasy 9 I was playing nine on um, the PS4, downloaded it on the PS4, and I found it so slow that I had to put the free time speed on. For some reason, I never know the battle speed, everything just seemed like it was in slow motion. And I was like, oh man, hurry up. And it actually changed my opinion on the game. You know, I used to think it was like one of the top five Final Fantasy games. And after playing it again years later, I was like, yeah, maybe not, because, you know, there's some serious painting going on here yeah I, I had that when i was play, replaying it for the writing in that shell um i actually didn't finish my replay of it because i just got so frustrated with it because i was playing on a ps1 so i just i had the full original experience yeah. you know slow battles slow everything loading and it was just it just got too much in the end i thought you know sod this i'm just gonna youtube the last few scenes to get my uh writing ideas etc 
No, six is another one. Uh, I replayed six a few years ago, and just the encounter rate in that game is mm. off-putting. Like, you move four steps, encounter. Move another four steps, encounter. And I remember just thinking, why? Is, I don't remember it being this bad. Like, yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't like the direction Seven Remake went in, but I think having encounters just on the field already, and you go fight them or you don't fight them, I think that's been a massive blessing for the series. Yeah, I mean, with that sort of thing, and with the, with the remake in, in particular, for the most part, I enjoy it. And no random encounters, being able to see an encounter that's coming up, knowing that encounters only happen in certain areas. Um, and you can avoid those areas at points in the game if you want to. Like when you're backtracking, you can take shortcuts, you can go around them. Is is one of the things the game did really well. Mm, exactly. Yeah, so as as we come to a close, as as we as we uh, settle down, um, what have you been outside of uh, you know working, uh, you know, because I know like me, you, you're working from home during lockdown, and you're also working on projects like you know your 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 videos. What have you been doing to like relax? Like, what have you been watching? What have you been playing? Um, so I'm probably going to lose a lot of uh, cred here, but um, I've actually been enjoying watching Glee. And okay. <laughs> I know that show gets a lot of bad rep because um, it's cheesy as hell, but that's a lot of why I like it. It's cheesy. It's just mindless. I can switch my brain off and enjoy Glee. And it's actually quite, some of the jokes in there are actually quite well written. And, you know, I, I'm a big comedy fan myself. So, you know, and a big musical is musical fan as well. So it appeals to, you know, the comedy and musical side of me. I, I'm big on my music as well. So, and yeah, I, I, it gets a bad rep, but I've actually been really enjoying watching Glee. Um, sometimes we'll, we we paid for the Disney Plus subscription for um, the year, and we've been um, sort of re-watching old classic movies that we both enjoy, like the old uh, Disney Renaissance era movies, um, doing a MCU re-watch from the beginning, just, just, you know, chill movies that we've already seen before, we can re-watch again and maybe notice things we didn't notice before, and um, another thing I've been doing is sort of um, where my house is in a bit of a state. I've been, you know, doing a lot of, with this uh, lockdown. I've had a lot of time to clean up, clear up, do things different, just switch things up a little bit. You know, that's that's a big thing to deal with them, not me, is change things up. Yeah, no, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. I've done a little bit myself. You know, we bought some more potted plants, you know, put them around because we can't go out. You <laughs> know, so it's sort of like, <laughs> You know, brought the outside inside and done a few bits like that ourselves. And I, I get what you mean with, with Glee, right? You know, some people go, oh, that's not cool. But since lockdown, my wife wanted me to watch American Horror Story, right? So that's what she wanted me to watch. Um, I'd seen some of it a couple of seasons in, when it first started and decided it's not for me. But now we're like almost up to date. We've got the latest season to watch. And I'm fully invested in it now. I, I'd, I'd already written this show off. But actually, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, that's exactly how I was with, with Glee, because I always knew it from the, the bad reputation it had. Like, I know Family Guy took a jab at it a few times, like calling it gay or calling it stupid, etc. And I always counted it off because of that. And when my wife decided to start watching it, I didn't watch it with her. And I would just carry on playing, like, you know, animating on my computer. And I would often glance over and I'd be like, oh, that's a cool song. Oh, that was a funny joke. And just little by little, I sort of, 
to like it and i actually started watching it with her now we're 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 both watching it together and it's just yeah like you say you 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 discount things sometimes without giving them a chance and that often will close off your world to a lot of things you may actually enjoy yeah i mean i i I know what you mean with glee as well right because um (laughs) I, I've I've not watched it, but I had a flatmate years ago when it first came out, and he 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 was a gay guy, right, a gay flatmate, and he loved the, the dancing and the, you know, the stereotypical, you know what, what you know what you'd expect from yeah. from him, right? And I was just like, I cannot watch this. Like, you know, <laughs> at the top of my head, I was like, this is not for me. I am not into dancing around in my pants watching a TV show, right? <laughs> he is um and yes it's, it's quite funny that, that that you know you came to the same conclusion or well what with you know family guys saying it and stuff you're like yeah i don't want to give this one a miss uh maybe i'll check it out on your recommendation maybe maybe i'll uh i'll give it a go i'm sure i'm sure my wife's already seen it i'd imagine that's definitely something she's already already watched in between the reality television i have no uh, interest in <laughs> at all yeah I, d- I definitely recommend it i mean it, it might not be for everyone but I'm enjoying it. Yeah, no, no, no. I'll <laughs> check it out. So that that's a good place to end, actually. So everyone knows that Rab Toons is into Glee. I mean, it's a good, <laughs> a good, a good place to end it. Honestly, mate, it's been a, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure uh, having you on. You're you're a nice guy. Uh, you're not not what I expected at all. Um, I, I, you know, I I didn't know you were going to be British as well. But that's the first thing I was really? like, oh, wow. okay, another Brit. Excellent. Okay. okay. I can, I can, I can, I can deal with this. This is good. Um, you know, you've been, a, you've been, a, you've, you've been a great guy. Um, before, before you go, just tell everyone where they can find you on social media and on YouTube and stuff. Uh, so, as you know, on YouTube we're Rabtoons. It's you know R A B T O O N S, or you can just search Final Fantasy in a nutshell. And on social media, we're on Twitter, and it's again, it's at Rabtoons. R A B T O O N S. We don't currently have a Facebook. Uh, I've been recommended to start one, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm. I feel I can be bothered to have more than one social media thing, but we'll see. But yeah, that's all I really have to plug at the moment. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, yeah, again, it's been a real pleasure, mate. Thanks for coming on, uh, uh, and to everyone listening, you know, make sure to check him out. His stuff's good. If you if you don't know who he is, check it out. You really enjoy it. Uh, I'm Sam Valentine. You have been Rab Tunes, and thanks for listening.